We're glad to be sharing the ministry of Tabernacle of Praise with you. Now join us as we receive the Word of God. I feel faith in this place. I feel faith in this place. Not only do I feel it, I don't have to feel it. It's not about feeling, is it? Feelings, feelings will, will mess us up sometimes. But listen, we're experiencing God in this place today. We're experiencing faith. We're experiencing the, the Holy Ghost of God in this place. Let, let's, not, let's not leave it so quickly. I'm going to ask Jason if he would come. Jason, come give us a word. Encourage us today. Encourage us today. Bless your name. Bless your name. You know, sometimes you want to give the words, but just enjoy the presence right now. Just enjoy, just worship. Just worship. falling off this morning. Y'all, there's chains falling off this morning. There's mountains being moved this morning, y'all. There are mindsets that that are changing this morning. Perspectives are changing this morning. Good morning, everybody. the great thing about Jesus and the presence you know here at church we may have time that we stay in time constraints but when you have that personal relationship in the presence with him you can just stay in it at all times that's the great thing about God um, 
I do just, I just want to say welcome this morning. Welcome. We got some visitors, some guests. Thank y'all for coming. Um, but my encouragement this week, you know, we were talking this morning and, um, you know, the conversation came up when you see people in the states that they're in, whether it's a relationship, whether it's a belief, you know, I believe what I believe and then you believe what you believe. And then if we don't agree, there's a respect there to just let you feel and think what you want to believe. And I understand that, but one thing that God's been working on me is my communication. Like getting up here on Sunday mornings and talking with y'all, it takes a lot, just to be honest with you. Um, but it's not about me. You know, when I, I was younger growing up, you know, you go after the biggest person in the room if you want to make a point. And if I came in the room, I was usually that biggest person. And you know, I'm in today. <laughs> but, and then my mom, she used to always teach me what the words taught about turning the other cheek. So it was not a, it wasn't uncommon that if a fight started with me, that I'd take a hit, but then I'd walk off. I wouldn't be hurt, but depending on whoever saw it, they'd have their own perspective. And so the older that I got, the more I didn't take that first hit. And I was so ready to, to stand up for myself. There's a comedian that says, if, if my kid ever comes to me and they say that person's picking on me that person made me cry then it's my job as dad to go over there and take care of whoever that is you made my baby cry I'm gonna come over there and I'm gonna take care of that how does God say that to us what are we dealing with what distraction has the enemy thrown at us that have caused us to have tears that have caused us to hurt but then how many times do we try to take care of it ourselves and then run back to daddy in the first, at later on, it was like, you know what, Dad, that's what happened. And God said, I got you. God said, I got it. Don't worry about it. And so this morning, this week, what I've been dealing with is there's been an excitement. There's been an excitement because through this communication, I'm learning that I'm supposed to invigorate. I'm supposed to, I'm the jump off. You know, in my generation, we say the jump off is where you, where you, <laughs> where you start the fire and that's the fire that leads to this big explosion. Well, my generation is a jump off. We said a couple weeks ago on in Sunday school and on Wednesday night where, where do, what do we do to impact our generation? And I want to encourage those that came before and those after how good and how great God is. I want to encourage that as I've been working out, Austin said this morning he's lost 15 to 20. I got to catch up. But as I've been working out on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I've had a soreness, but God's been dealing with me because he said, that's not soreness because it's not there. That's soreness because you stretch the muscles out, you know, that you're shaking that dust off. And I, I want to I talk to y'all because of the fact that God reminded me of a valley of bones that he brought back to life. He reminded me that though people may have gotten old or they may have gotten set in their ways, that he's a God of yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He's a big God that is always, always, always doing something new. But it starts with having that conversation. If I'm going through my own hurt and you're going through yours and I see you on Sunday and I ask you how you're doing and your automatic response is, I'm fine. But when you leave these doors, you're crying in your car. You know, you get home, your back is hurting. I'm not trying to get in your business, but I do want to pray with you. But you got to be honest with me. You got to talk to me. You ain't got to tell me everything. Because some people, you can't tell everything too. But as brothers and sisters, we're supposed to pray for each other. 
iron sharpens iron as another man sharpens the countenance of his friend. And so my encouragement this week is conversate with somebody. Don't conversate just about the weather or don't conversate just about this bill or this, this issue that you're dealing with. On Wednesday nights, we ask for prayer requests. I'm loving the fact that we've been adding praise reports to that. We had praise reports this past week of my sister who had triple bypass surgery that's at home right now. We have praise reports of a brother who was sick and now he's doing better. We had a praise report a couple weeks back about a brother who left this life, but he's in glory with God. These are praise reports, ladies and gentlemen. And I just want to encourage y'all to stay with that because God is doing something new. We got 80-something days left in 2020. And like I said on Wednesday night, we're going for the knockout. Ali played rope-a-dope for so long, but then he went for the knockout when he uh, knocked out uh, uh, George, uh, George my, my man Foreman. Think about what God's going to do in your life. So if you're hurting, if you, if you got issues, if you've been in pain, that's fine. We all have it. But now let's conversate because God teaches us that we're supposed to iron sharpen iron and we're supposed to edify each other back to him. So I love y'all. Don't forget that we do have a jar outside of blessings. What goes on? Write down those blessings. Let us pray with y'all because God is working through us and it's exciting. There's freedom this morning. It's exciting. I'm going to let Miss Becky, because I know she playing. She got that worship. I'll get back into worship. But I know everybody got to sit down. But I love y'all. Y'all have a great day. Encouragement. 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 Well, what's the best thing you can do for somebody during the week is give them a call. My buddy Bo called yesterday, and he said, we, got, we started talking. We all, we, he's my fishing buddy. We, talk, we fish and we hunt and we do all this stuff, but our conversation always comes back around to God. And he said, he said Don, I, I just needed to call you because I needed encouragement. And we started talking about the good things of God that happened. Before you know it, we were having Holy Ghost time on the phone. So I, just encouragement. Take what Jason said and, and encourage one another. God bless you this morning. Turn with me, if you would, to the book of Zechariah, chapter 4. Zechariah, chapter 4. Thank you, worship team, for just leading us down to the worship. Matt, I know you're walking. It's so good to see Matt today, to have him with us today. Thank you. Zechariah chapter 4. I want to talk to you about something that's very important. The title of my message is Because God Said So. Because God Said So. That's just some very powerful words. Just consider them. Because God said so. Zechariah 4, verse 6, Then he answered and spoke unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts, because God said so. When I was growing up, like many of you, my brothers and I wanted to do something to go somewhere, we would go and ask my dad. My dad was the easy one. Usually my dad was so busy and he had so much to do, we could ask him if we could go burn down the house. And he'd say, y'all go on ahead. I'll... He'd never even listen to what we were saying. He would move, it, move us on. It was a quick yes and out you go. But many times he would say, go ask your mom. I mean, that was the downer. Because mom kind of pulled it down to the reality. And if mom didn't want us to go somewhere or do something, she'd simply say no. That was the end. It was easy. And, of course, our response as kids was, why not? And she would say, because I said so. 
You ever use that one? Yeah, it works pretty good, doesn't it? It's hard to have a comeback on that one. So I want to talk to you today just for a little bit about because God said so. Because God said so. We know by biblical proclamation that, that we are living in perilous times today. It's no doubt, and when Peter spoke about perilous times, and it's, it's interesting you find that word once in the New Testament. Perilous. Once. And perilous uh, is a word that means to reduce in strength, that means to, to be dangerous, to be difficult. And we know that we're living in those times today. Everything wrong that can happen is happening. Remember we started out 2020, everybody, boy, this is going to be the year. And then COVID happened and the, the economy went down and you just one thing after another. And so everybody's now is saying, man, it's just, well, how many more days we have? About 40? Yeah, I was going to shout when he said that. Because, man, it's, everybody's saying, I'll be glad when this year is over. It seemed like anything that could happen this year is happening. And here's the, the uh, odd thing is the year is not over. And not all has happened yet. And it's going on not just in your life, not just in our country, but all around the world. It, and it seems like with all this that's going on, every diabolical scheme or act is part of every society. You don't see diabolical acts. And what do I mean by that? Well, we'll talk about that. You don't see them concentrated in one area and in one society. They're worldwide. It's a world thing that's happening on. Every corruptible piece of filth imaginable is coming across the TV screen. Well, so, yeah. Oh, he's going back to that old standard. It might, you know, not everything was bad in the old church. There's some things we probably could let go of that would be better for us, isn't there? Well, it was a week, amen. I knew it'd be. We don't want to let go of those things, do we? But listen, when you, when you flip on the, the TV, it's hard not to come across something that's just unimaginable. Things that in the 50s and 60s and 70s, we'd have never even thought would ever have been on television. Now it's commonplace. It's the event. It's what everybody watches for. Even children's cartoons aren't clean anymore. If you watch children's cartoons, no, I put the kids in there and let them watch cartoons. Well, I'm making di- You better back up. Because there are some really diabolical things going on in children's cartoons. Marriages are lasting months, not years. I read this this week and it was astounding. Twelve-year-old little girls are dying on the abortion table in doctor's offices because their little immature bodies weren't ready for that kind of a shock. And the, the very innocence that was taken, the purity and the, child, the childlike faith that all of that's taken away, and they literally are dying on tables. Not just the unborn, but little 12-year-old girls. It's shocking. Husbands are killing wives. Wives are killing husbands. Mothers are against daughters, and daughters against mothers, and fathers against sons, and sons against fathers. Right is no longer right, it's wrong. What's right is not only being called wrong today, but we're being castigated for believing right. But what's wrong now is called right. What's wrong is okay. What's wrong is acceptable. What's wrong is what we do in our society. After all, we've matured as a society. And so now, right is wrong. Wrong is right. Law now says anybody can marry anybody. Don't be surprised next year if you don't turn on the TV and you see a man marrying a sheep. 
that's kind of funny and goofy. But listen, next year we're going to be aghast about it because it's going to happen. Don't, we haven't reached the low yet, church. As a society, we haven't reached the You think we've reached the low? We haven't even come close. If you want to look at the low, go look in the Old Testament. And this is a type and shadow of the Old Testament. The low's coming. We already know that in the Old Testament, there were those in Israel, God's people, that sacrificed their very children on an altar of sacrifice. And yet we say we could never do that today. And yet, as it were, some 60 million children have been sacrificed on the altar of because it's our society today. 60 million. That's amazing. That number is astounding. The law says it's normal. If you just want to do what you want to do, and the little catchphrase, as long as it doesn't hurt anyone else, that's that little catchphrase that has become huge. Because no man is an island unto himself. No matter what you do, you're going to affect someone. Even if, if you take your own life, you're going to affect someone else. Don't think you're on an island by yourself. Don't think you're secluded. This is what's going on. Even churches, not the church, but churches are embracing this abomination that's going on in our society under the guise of acceptance, feel-good philosophy. Listen, I, I know y'all think I'm a killjoy, but I'm not against being happy. I'm not against fe- feeling good and fine. God's not against that either. But I'm not against it. I know a lot of times I stand here and say, and God, God doesn't get to speak out of the sky and say, well, Don's kind of a killjoy, but I'm not. God's not a killjoy. God, you know, the, the joy of the Lord is our strength. But we have come to a place, not in the church, because the true church is not going to do this. We will accept any way of life, any thought or process, any imaginable concept. We'll accept anything in churches today. If you don't believe me, I'm not going to tell you to go visit them. I'm afraid some of you might hook up. That was a joke. Y'all laugh. It's okay to live as you please. Yeah, it's... Whatever lifestyle you want to live, it's, it's your choice. It's your choice. It's what you want to do. Just keep showing up for service. Let, let me hit the pastors. Y'all notice I'm hitting the pastors pretty hard the last few weeks, don't you? Because I'm a pastor. Pastors are, are standing in pulpits today saying, listen, we, we, you know, we have love God, love people, and love truth out there, right? Because we're supposed to love God, and we're supposed to love people. We're supposed to love truth. People don't even understand what that means. They don't understand what love is. They don't understand those things today. So in our society, what they're saying is, you know, look, look as long as they love each other, man, I, I can't wait. I just can't wait to see some guy holding the hand of a monkey walking down an aisle. Because I love my monkey. By the way, that's, that's already happened in other societies. That's, that, we're behind the times. America's behind the times on that. This stuff, is, it's incredibly awful. Is, being, is going on in our world. So uh, you can do all those things. Pastors are saying, look, it's okay. Just keep, keep coming. Keep singing in the choir. Keep, playing your, keep paying your tithes. Keep showing up. As long as you're doing that, I'm cool. It's good. We're all going to make it on the by and by. Sugarcoating in a pulpit is at an all-time high. Sugarcoating in the pulpit is an all-time high. Now, I'm not going to preach hell every week. Maybe I need to for a few weeks. 
I'm not going to preach hell every week. You know, it's not summertime. Turn the hot fan on and really get the impact. But listen, we need to be straightforward in the pulpit. Pastors need to do the calling of God. We don't have to speak or walk in condemnation of others. That's not what we're called to do. But we do and are called to stand against sin. We love everybody that comes through those doors. It doesn't matter what process of life they've come from or what they're involved right now. It doesn't matter. We love them. But in no way do we love the sin that they're involved in. No way do we accept the sin they're involved in. No way do we judge them according to that either. We let God do that. What what I'm preaching today isn't well received. I I get that in many places. It's not politically correct, but but we're going to stand for God's Word here. And we're going to stand for God here. That, that's what our church is about. In Luke 11, 34 through 37, it says, The light of the body is the eye. The light of the body is the eye. Therefore, when, when an eye is single, the word single there in the Greek means folded together, clear. When, when, the, when the eye is clear, the whole body is full of light. But when the eye is evil, by the way, the, the, the eye here in the Greek, when you look at the Greek word for eye here, it means vision. Vision, not vision through here, but vision through here. When it says when your eyes full of light, it means your vision, what you're about in here, not about what you're seeing in here, okay? So when the vision or your spirit or what you're, when that's, when that's clear, when there's light, that's clear. But, but when there's darkness or when there's evil, there's, it's full of darkness. So take, ne- take heed, therefore, that the light which is in thee be not darkness. That is a strange saying. Take heed, therefore, that the light that be in thee be not darkness. How can light and darkness be the same? If the whole body therefore be full of light, having no part dark, the whole shall be full of light. And when the bright, and when the bright shining of a candle doth give the light. So here's the explanation to that. You're either all full of light or you're all full of dark. There is no shade of spirit. Either we're in or we're out. We're yes or we're no. And so if we're, if we're full of light, there is no darkness. If there's darkness, we're not full of light. The eye is the light of the soul. The eye is the light of the soul. Understand that the eye is your mind. When it says I hear, that's your mind. It's your knowledge. It's more specifically, it's the knowledge and understanding of God. Y'all listen. We've all seen a little boy before. Man, I, we got a little grandson. I had to look and see if that was Jude. It's all cool. Can you imagine what it was like in the early church? Because they weren't doing this. They were sitting around and talking, and maybe there was somebody preaching or teaching. The kids were running around. One was getting a drink, and the other one was, you know how boys are. He hit me. All that was going on. You know, that doesn't, no, we're not bothered by that, are we? No, we, our kids should have a freedom and understand. No, we're not for goofiness. But we understand that we're, we are the children of God. Let children be children. Our eye is our mind, our knowledge, more specifically our knowledge of God. But when you come into the knowledge of who and what God is, then you begin to walk in the understanding. You come into the knowledge of who God is, 
and you come into the knowledge of what God is, then you begin to walk in the understanding of God. Here's the deal. Satan has blinded the minds of people, causing them to believe the atrocities that are going on in the world are okay. Are okay. Some people say, you know, it's humanity. This is going to happen because it's humanity. You ever heard that one? Well, we're just human beings. It's kind of the deal I was taught when I was a kid. Well, you're a sinner. you got to sin every day. That's what we were taught. you got to sin every day because you're a sinner. Yeah, but, but the Lord's you're a sinner. You've got to sin. You know, it's like it's humanity. It's got to happen. We've got we to gotta hate one another. Humans are, you know, there's no good in us, right? Scripture said there's none, no good in you. Now, I'm sorry, I love you. I hope you love me. But the Scripture says none good but God. There's no good in you. So that means all you got is bad. So that means we ought to just all be bad to each other, right? No, 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 no. It's the love of God that restrains that stuff when the love of God comes into us. And so we, we have to understand something. We can't make excuses. We can't make excuses for why things are going on and the atrocities that are going on. But in the church today, it's going on. And Satan has blinded people in the church to the fact that you know, I, it's hard for me to believe. And you know, Listen, I, as a kid, I grew up in the 60s. I was born in 57, but as a child, I, blew up, I grew up in the 60s. And I saw some of the 60s stuff, free love and all that business. Some of you were involved in it. I see some of you smiling. You say, you were involved in it. I never thought in my lifetime I would see the things I'm seeing today in my society. I never dreamed it. I always thought there's no way that could happen. God would come first. He would eliminate this business. He would come and receive. But here we are. It's because the devil has blinded the eye of the soul. He's captivated minds. There's that one-eyed deal. I'm going to come back to this because there's that one-eyed monster that has captivated America. Captivated America. One-eyed, one-eyed monster. You know what? You can control it where you can make it blink its eye. You know, every time you turn it on, it's winking at you, right? Every time you turn that TV on, that one-eyed monster, it's winking at you. It's eyes closed and it's winking. Yeah, you know why somebody was winking at you? They're either flirting with you or they're pulling something on you. Yeah, you can have it. Yeah. You understand what's going on? Oh, man, I'm going to lose half of you today. <laughs> That's all right. Get, just don't wink back at that monster. Don't, don't, don't be captivated by what it has to offer. Because it fills your mind with darkness. It fills your heart with darkness. And then that darkness always leads to hopelessness. And when a person comes into hopelessness, the only thing left is despair and death. That's all that's left. And that's where he's making a desperate attempt to sift people as wheat. Today in our society, more than ever, Satan is sifting, 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 sifting. He's doing his best because he feels the time. Just like Jesus said, we as his people ought to feel the time and know his coming is soon. The devil feels the time. He sees what, he knows what's going on. The word sift comes, is the Greek word nua. The word sift. And it means to mix up or confuse the mind. You know, we always thought of it as sifting as, you know, watch them sift some wheat and how the chaff. And, but that word sift doesn't mean, it means to mix up or confuse the mind. Satan wants to newer you. 
He wants to confuse your mind, make right, wrong, and wrong, right. He wants you to make things are okay. It's, 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 it's all right, you know, uh, you can go to church or you can ask for forgiveness. And He wants you to believe that the world is all right. That you can do as you wish. But listen, it doesn't matter what laws are passed. It doesn't matter what the mind of man is. It doesn't matter if everyone else is doing it. If it's wrong, it's wrong. If it's wrong, it's wrong. So let me go to where I'm headed here. Because God said so. Because God said so. In the book of Genesis, the earth was without form and void. Darkness was on the face of the deep. That word darkness in the Hebrew means doesn't mean non-illuminated as without light, but non-illuminated as without goodness. The, when God said, let there be light, let there be light, that word light doesn't mean the sun, the star. That was the fourth day. That word light means the goodness of God. So there was darkness upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the water. Then God said, let there be light. Why was there light? Not because there was darkness. There was light because God said so. Because God said so. God's Logos word will never return void to Him. If He speaks it, it comes back as He spoke it. There's power in what God has spoken. Sarah gave birth at 90 years old. 90 years old. Be careful, Terry. Why did she give birth at 90 years old? Because God said so. Because God said so. The lions closed their mouth in the den as Daniel was down in the den with them. They didn't cause harm. Why did the lions close their mouth? Because God said so. The man at the pool of Bethesda, he was crippled for 38 years. Man, I'm having this hip problem for a year, year and a half, and I'm thinking, my goodness, 38 years walking around crippled. But one day he took up his bed and walked. Why did this man take up his bed and walk? Because God said so. Are you kind of getting where we're headed here? A man whose son was at the point of death found Jesus and said, Listen, come to my house, Jesus, and you can heal my son. And the man, Jesus said to the man, Go your way. Your son lives. And on his way back, he meets a servant. And I'm sure that he's looking. He knew what Jesus said, but he's looking at the servant. And the servant said, come on home. Your son's alive. Why was his son alive? Because God said so. Because God said so. Lazarus was in the grave four days, wrapped in grave clothes. Surely he stinketh, they said. Surely he stinketh. But Jesus shows up, has him roll back, and said, Lazarus, come forth. And this incredible thing is, this guy walks out in these grave clothes. Why did he bust out of that in those grave? Because God said so. Listen, you may be facing something in your life that maybe you even thought was dead in your life. 
Maybe you th- maybe the situation in your life is so bad that it was it's bound you like Lazarus was bound by the grave clothes. Maybe that situation it even stinks. Maybe it's to a point in your life it stinks. But the word says, he who the Son sets free is free indeed. Why is that? Because God said so. God said so. Don't let here's the thing about let me let's, the dreams and visions you have in life. This is something that if you find in Scripture will not only astound you, it'll give you the biggest hope you could ever imagine. When you have dreams and hopes, God purposely lets them die so that He can resurrect them in your life. Look in the Scripture and see. Over and over and over and over again, He lets them die so that He can resurrect that dream, that vision in your life. Why does He do that? Because God said so. God said so. Listen, the doctor may have diagnosed you with a terminal illness. He may have told you you have three months. But the Word says by His stripes we were healed. Why? How is it by His stripes we were healed? It's because God said so. You understand something about this Logos Word. If He said it, it's so. It never returns back void. Well, Pastor Don, why isn't your hip healed? I am healed because God said so. I'm healed because God said so. You know what I'm waiting on? Boy, it got really quiet, didn't it? God has purpose in everything. But when God speaks the word, his purpose is always fulfilled. And his word never returns void. And if he said, by his stripes, I'm healed, God said so. And I said it the other day, I'm going to say it again. Jana, my wife, spoke this to me the other day that rang home. We're going to come into a service one, one day, and we're going to be in total unity. We're not in total unity yet. We're not there yet. We are so close. We're going to be in such unity, and the Holy Ghost is going to be so strong in here that God's going to heal my hip. I don't need surgery. I don't need surgery. God's going to, well, you're being stupid. Yeah, I'm stupid for Jesus because I believe Him. He said it. It's going to happen. I believe it. Well, you're stepping out there, Pastor. You bet. I'm going to step there. I'm going to step out on the one that's hurt. It's going to be so powerful because there's purpose in it. There's purpose in it. And none of that's going to happen but by my might, not by my power. It's not by His might nor by His power. He said it's by His Spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. That's what He said. God said it's not by might. God said it's not. What God said is that it's by His Spirit. We live in that generation of Holy Ghost. We live in this dispensation called the church age, the grace age. It's the age of the Spirit where all of us, all of us have access to the throne via the blood of Jesus and the power of the Holy Ghost. It's by His Spirit. God spoke it. I looked up the phrase God said in Scripture. God said in Scripture is 1,243 times. It's God said it 1,243 times. Now, we understand that numbers mean something in the Bible. There, there's, you know, we're not numerologists, 
But numbers mean something. God instituted that in for us to understand some things. For instance, seven is God's number. Why is that? Because seven is the number of perfection or completeness. Perfection or completeness. Creation took seven days. It took six. No, it took seven. He created all in six days, and he rested. Or in other words, he stopped and said, this is very good. This is, but it took seven days. In Isaiah, there are the seven spirits of God. In Revelation, there's the seven churches of Asia. In Revelation, there's seven vials, seven trumpets, seven dispensations. The number three is the second most mentioned number other than seven in Scripture. The number three represents fullness. The word fullness in Scripture means not lacking in essentials. When you see the number three in Scripture, it means that situation is not lacking in the essentials. Full. I.e. the fullness of the Godhead. He was Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. The fullness of the Godhead. One God. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Full of the essential. Fullness encompasses the tabernacle in Scripture. But not every number we know means something. Like number 35 doesn't mean anything. Number 63 does. That's how old I am now. It means something to me. It doesn't mean anything to you. But here's the thing. When you look in Scripture, there are combinations that mean something. And so I looked at this combination of script numbers. God said in Scripture, one, two, three, one, two, four, three, 1,243 times. So I added those numbers up. It comes up to 10. The number 10 in Scripture means divine order. So when, when God said in Scripture, that was divine order because He said it 1,243 times. So anywhere God says something, it's divine order because God said it. You see, a lot of times we look at Scripture and we read it and we look at it, but we don't believe it as divine order. We don't believe because God said it, it's for me. It's for everybody else, but not for me. Some people get it, but it's not for me. But divine order is divine order. We don't change divine order. If God spoke it, it is what it is. The number 10 in Scripture, can anybody? This is an easy one. The number 10 in Scripture. The 10 commands. Yeah, commandments. Oh, in Egypt there were 10 you can go one after the other after the other consistently. Every time you see it, you see divine order in it. God's, God's divine hand was in that. Now, again, I'm not a numerologist. Y'all don't, man, Don's going off on the deep end now. Because God said so. If God said so, it is so. Divine order means it has to come to pass. It's God's will. It's God's word. Anything in divine order has to come to pass. It cannot not. It has to happen. Why? Because God said so. If God promised you something, how many of you have looked up the promises? I asked this two years ago. I'm two years running with you. You've looked up the promises of God in Scripture. Well, you get all of them because God said so. We talked about it earlier today. When we're in pursuit of God is when God's blessing comes into our life. Not in pursuit of blessing. Don't, man, man, 
pastors, now let me get the pastors again, are standing up telling, man, pursue the blessing. Pursue the blessing. Pursue the blessing. No, we pursue the blessor and watch what happens. Pursue the blessor and watch what We pursue after him and then his blessings flow. That's what happens. That's what happens. That's, that's how God works in our life. God promised it. If God promised it, if it's in here and he promised it, it's going to happen because God said so. You ever thought about that? My, listen, I am totally convinced, 100%, my healing is going to happen because God said so. God said so. Pastor Don's getting crazy. Absolutely. I was the craziest drunk, craziest drug fool, the craziest thief, the most outlandish. I was, you know what? If I was going to be crazy like that out in the world, why wouldn't I just be crazy head over heels for Jesus? Why wouldn't I just believe everything? Because so far, so far, He hasn't failed me one time. So far, man, in my other life, I got failed over and 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 over. He's not failed me one time. Jason, he hadn't failed me once. Not once. He hadn't failed me one time. Why wouldn't I be crazy about that? I would be crazy not to be. Listen, if you don't believe it, you're crazy. I'm just going to as pastor, I'm going to get out there and say it. If you don't believe it because God said so, you're the one that's crazy, not me. I'm not crazy because I believe he's going to heal me. You're the one crazy because you don't believe it. Let me pray for you and pray you out of your craziness. Yeah, there were people in the Bible that were a little off. God, but you know what? Jesus delivered them out of their craziness. Let me finish with this. When I would ask my mom, why not? You know what she'd say to me? Because I said so. Because I said so. And then she finished with this, and that's a good enough reason why. If God said so, that's a good enough reason why. Too often we're looking for any and every excuse. How about if we just look for because God said so? Let me ask you a question today. If you haven't received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and you want the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you can have the baptism of the Holy Ghost today. You know why? Because God said so. For this promise is unto you, your children, them that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Even as many as, who is that? That's everybody. This promise is for everybody. Why? Because God said so. God said so. You want a healing today? You want God to heal you today? I do. God, unify us today so that I can quit crippling around the rest of my life. God, you know, y'all know who I'm waiting on, right? I'm not waiting on God, and I'm not waiting on me. Y'all know who I'm waiting on for my healing, right? No, you don't? You want me to say it? I'm waiting on you. Unity. Man, when unity happened in Scripture, Peter was walking down the sidewalk, and as his shadow, people were laying their people out on the sidewalk. And as his shadow went by, and people interpret that different, it just says his shadow. As his shadow went by, the church was in such unity and belief and trust in God and believe what God was doing, the shadow was healing them. 
we, that, that's a movie. That's, we see that as a movie. That's a, you know, well, that, that's, you can interpret that as a, in a you, that's not literal. If that's not literal, then Peter wasn't walking and there was no sidewalk. Either it did happen or it didn't. I choose to believe it did happen. Why? Because God said so. Because He said so. Do you need a miracle in your life? Is there, do you need something in your life that you've been asking God for? You need a miracle. God has the answer. He said He would perform the miracle. It's because He said so. It's not about how good or bad you are. Listen, who in here is good? Who in here was good this week? Yeah. Anybody good this week? Man, y'all catch on quick, don't you? It's not about how good or bad we are. Because if it is, we're all in trouble. God doesn't do what He does in our lives because of how good or bad we are. It's not based on that. It's based on our pursuit of Him and His promises. If we pursue Him, His promises are... If we pursue Him, His promises are... Whenever, when somebody wins, we all say, Yay and Amen. Thank you. I feel like I'm on Jeopardy or something here. His promises are yay and amen. Why aren't they happening? Because I'm not pursuing Him. It's, it's that simple. It's not happening. because I. Well, it's all in God's timing, absolutely. You know what His timing is? God's waiting on the same thing I'm waiting on. God's waiting on you. He's waiting on you. Your miracle can happen today. Your infilling can happen today. Your healing can happen today. Your resources can happen today. All of that because God has already said so. Got to pursue Him. God says so into your life today. Stand with me if you would. Stand with me if you would. Not because God said so, Pastor asked you to. The whole parentheses or crux of this is for us to understand something. God has spoken through His Word. And because God said so, He's just waiting on us. God's not going to send any more healing into the world than that's already here. All the healing that God's going to perform is already here. We're not waiting on God to send healing. He's waiting on us to show up because He said so. All the blessing that God's going to pour into your life is already here. You know what? People, there are some people in the world that are escape, scooping up your blessing. Did you know that? There are worldly people. There are blessings out there God wants to give you, but because you're not in pursuing of them, those blessings are there. They're not hidden. There's worldly people seeing the blessing and scooping it up. They're getting your blessing. It's there, waiting on you. I don't want somebody, um, can I be honest with y'all? I don't want you getting my blessing. I don't want you getting my blessing. I love you, but I, I, want, I want mine. I, I'm going to be a little bit selfish here. I want my blessing. But God has your blessing. If you just pursue Him. Have you any of you ever broke the speed limit? Four times in one year as a 16-year-old. When you break the speed limit and there's an officer that clocks you and sees it, what does he do? He pursues you. He can't give you anything. 
until he catches you. How do I know that? (laughs) Because there were some times he wasn't a very good pursuant. And I was able to escape the pursuing. We need to pursue him. We need to pursue him. We have something to give him. The pursuer, the pursuant. We have something to give him. And when we give him our trust and we believe his word, what we're giving him is the permission to fulfill his promise. That's all he's waiting on. He wants your permission to fulfill his promise today. I'm going to open these altars up this morning. You want to pursue him? Pursue it. You know what pursue it means? When the cops pursued me, I'm telling you, they were up there at 110, 120. Had the foot down to the floor. You know why? They had an intent. That was to catch me. You know what? I want to catch him today. God's easily caught. God's easily caught because he's sitting there waiting on us. He's not running from us. He's ready to touch our lives. He's ready for that permission in our lives to do those things in our lives. Why? Because he said so. He said so. If my people, which are called by my name, he said, I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting. If there's any sick among you, let them call for the elders of the church, anointing them with oil. Prayer of faith shall save the sick. If there's any sin, it will, he's waiting on it. He's waiting on us. Lord, we believe your word because you said so. Help our eyes to be full of light. God, help my heart, my spirit, my soul, my whole, my whole man, body, soul, and spirit. God, help me to be full of light the knowledge and understanding of who you are and what you are. You're the giver of life, the giver of promise. I'm pursuing you this morning, Lord. I'm pursuing after you. I know you're not even running from me. You've just been waiting on me. Church, whatever your need is today, whatever you, make it known to Him right now. Make it known to Him. He said you could have it because you said so. Because you said so. Because you said so. Because you said so. For more information about Tabernacle of Praise, look us up online at tabernaclepraise.org. We want to hear from you, so be sure to connect with our Facebook page. We also have a free app that you can use to keep up with events or be notified of bad weather. And you can listen to our sermons directly from the app. Thank you for listening, and have a blessed day.